I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. <laughs> I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is a chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Paulie Sibilia. I'm Stephen Fonte as we welcome you into a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We've got two guests lined up for you coming up at 1230. It's our normal 1230 segment on Mondays throughout the rest of the football season. Our SOS house call with Dr. Brad Raphael. He will join us uh, to talk some injuries, not specific injuries as it pertains to the SU football team, but injuries in general. And we do, uh, unfortunately, Paulie, have a big injury to talk about here in a second. And then coming up at one thirty, Jack Perry, the head coach of Southern New Hampshire basketball, will be on with us uh, to preview Good tomorrow's kid. game. Uh, Good get by Jordan. the dome between uh, the Orange and the Penman, exhibition game number two. For Syracuse, final dress rehearsal, final tune-up for the regular season opener, which is set for uh, next Monday, 8 o'clock start inside the Dome against Lehigh. And, of course, we'll mix in your phone calls throughout at 315-437-7644. How was the weekend, Paulie? Good. Happy Halloween, Steve. Same to you. Same to you. You got a big plans for the Halloween? Uh, yeah, I mean, later, you know, you know, doing the trick-or-treating thing, you know. Yeah. You're a little old for that, aren't you? <laughs> You know what I mean. You know what I mean. You dressed uh, up like a, a radio host today? Yeah, I dressed up as uh, Paul uh, Bunyan or my flannel. You're ready for the winter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm 50. I'm not dressing up. Yeah. I, I will get into a Halloween costume I saw uh, at the end of the show that kind of was weird to me. See? Kim asked me before I left for work today. She said, do you need a, a costume for radio? I was like, no, we're good. I'm good. <laughs> I figured you would have told me ahead of time if yeah, you were no. going to dress up. I, so. I don't partake. Like I feel, I feel like you shouldn't have birthdays after you're seven, and you should. Stop. See, if I said that, then you would tell me, "Well, you never have fun, Steve." So you should stop trick or treating at uh, about uh, eighteen. How's that? You can do it. Eighteen's a little old. You can do it yeah. through high school. Through high school, I would agree with that. Okay, that's fine. We're on the same page with that. Uh, football. Yeah, they've lost. All right. I know it's going to start, right? 315-437-7644. I'll open up the phones to the people. It's going to start, Steve. It's the end of the world, right? Syracuse has lost to two of the premier programs in college football back-to-back weeks. And uh, here we go again. Syracuse will never win football games again. That's out there, right? I do think there's some concern today. About what? Um. Well... I think there's concern in the fact that these injuries are starting to get out of control. Um, you know, Garrett Williams, and we should mention this for those who who did not see or hear Dino Baber's press conference today. He confirmed what I think we all. I mean, we all thought it five minutes after the injury happened yeah. when he left on crutches, and you know, it looked he was like out a of torn his ACL. Yeah, before he got off the field. Yeah, it. I mean, we we thought done for the year five minutes after it happened. Confirmed today, done for the year, torn ACL. You feel. Awful for him, uh, first and foremost, because he's a guy that is going to be playing on Sundays. He's still going to be playing on Sundays at some point. This is, uh, 
you know, going to be a the the bumpy part of the journey for him where he's got to rehab it. Does he decide to go pro next year? Does he, you know, Adam Terry brought up the point on our post game show uh, on Saturday. You know, does he consider coming back for one more year if he doesn't like the feedback he's getting about where he'll end up? You know, maybe he comes back for one more year and and you know gets to a point where you know he's back in you know first, second, third round, whatever the case may be. Um, it's unfortunate for him. It's unfortunate for this team because as we talked about on Saturday, like you're losing guys that you can't replace. Like you can't replace a Chris Elmore in the running game. You can't replace Garrett Williams. They like they have depth in the defensive backfield. That's one of the areas they actually do have depth, but they don't have another Garrett Williams. I mean, no. he's an NFL player and he's, you know, he's their best player but, in that unit for a reason. You can't just replace him. No, but in Syracuse will never have depth that you replace an NFL guy with another NFL guy. Ever. I don't care who the head coach is. And you are you get hurt playing Clemson and Notre Dame, you're not going to compete with them. Right. But here's what I'm going to say about the depth. I know Coach Babers likes to say, hey, we need to build our depth. We need to build our depth. Syracuse's number two should be able to compete with the rest of the schedule. And if they can't, that's a problem. All right? I get it. Clemson and Notre Dame, you can't compete with your number twos. Pittsburgh, Florida State, Wake, and BC, you should be able... Five years ago, I wouldn't have said that about Florida State. Yeah, right. But you should be able to compete with them. And that's why I don't think the world is lost right now. Oh, I don't think the world is lost. And I'm not saying that they should have NFL players behind, you know, as the twos. If they're NFL players, they should be starting. I'm not I'm not suggesting that. What I'm saying is they're they're losing guys that they can't replace. And they're already thin up front. And you lose, you know, Terry Lockett. And I think we're starting, you know, we're, we're seeing that teams know how to attack Syracuse now, right? I mean, Clemson did it in the second half. We saw Notre Dame do it all game long. There's a lineup, and if they have the ability, we're going to see another team, by the way, on Saturday in Pittsburgh is going to try to do the same thing. They're going to line up, and they're just going to try to smash mouth football, line up, run the ball, and try to run it over you, through you, around you, and Syracuse couldn't Pitt- stop it. Pittsburgh's linemen are not Notre Dame. That's true. Linemen. You're right. You're right. I will also say this. I did uh, speak of depth. Syracuse has depth at the quarterback position, it appears. They've got two SEC four-star recruits playing at Syracuse, and that's a good thing. And uh, it's not the end of the world. It's not like the Dungy years where if Dungy got hurt, the season was over. Right, and we saw that for a long time, right? That it, Whoever the backup was really had no business, for the most part, being in the game. And that that's not true right now. I mean, you feel like you could go to Carlos Del Rio Wilson, and I mean, he he provided a spark. He's it, and learn. it's you know, it, what were you gonna say? He's got to learn touch. Yeah, well, he, <laughs> he throws a fastball every time. Yes, he does, and that's gonna take some adjustment from from the receivers. I mean, he throws a hard ball, um, good ball, but man, he puts some. So but if that ball's behind, behind you, like there, there was one. The Ronde dropped one, one that was behind him. You yeah. can't catch it if yeah. it's behind it, you. It, it whistled through his hands, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that he came in, he provided a spark. He put them in position. You know, they were dead in the water, down 17. And then Andre Schmidt made that 54-yard field goal. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, all right, now they, they have some life. Then they score. They get the ball back. And then that tipped pass. That was, I mean, that was really his the, first the end pass of the should game. have been intercepted. Yeah, also, that's true. But again, that's it was, true. Yeah, it was too hard for the receiver, <laughs> the defender to catch. Right. Also, um, the the tip pass to me was was the backbreaker. I know Dino talked today about the blocked punt, and yeah, the blocked punt was the n- final nail in the coffin. 
But the the pass that was tipped, and then they got the ball. Did around anybody midfield. ask him about why they went to a different punter in that position? That seems like a precarious place to go, new punter. Yeah, I didn't. I did not hear that. If he was asked that, um, I was not actually in attendance. I had class this morning. Was not in attendance at the Babers press conference today. Um, I, I watched as much of it as I could. I don't know if he was asked that, but um, that was the final nail in the coffin. Again, by then it was it. It felt over, but then after that happened, obviously it was really over. Um, Carlos Del Rio Wilson did some nice things. Now, you know, I I don't think this is by any means a, a quarterback controversy. Not I mean, if Schrader's head. if Schrader's healthy, it, you're saying in the head of the fans. Yeah, yeah, we know how that works. I mean, we saw it when Dungy had it rolling, then had the one bad game against North Carolina, and you know, then there was the talk all that week. I remember us, not me and you, but we were debating it on this very show that week about whether or not Dungy would be the starter, or was it Tommy DeVito time and. Um, obviously, Dungy was the starter and played great against NC State and, and carried him to 10 wins. So th- there is no quarterback controversy. I do think it's encouraging to know that if Schrader is banged up or when Schrader moves on, you have what feels like the heir apparent here in Carlos Del Rio Wilson. He did some really nice things. Um, I'm with you, though. There's nobody on the rest of the schedule that, that I say, well, Syracuse can't beat these guys. I mean, just look at Wake Forest. I warned you about that line, by the way. I said sketchy line in Wake Forest uh, loss, and it was, a, it was a lopsided loss on the road at Louisville. It, everybody's beatable the rest of the way. I do think, though, that this season could very much go one of two directions right now. It's, they're 6-2, and two, and you're right. As it stands right now, they lost to two good teams, Clemson and Notre Dame. But, like, I think... Pretty much anything's on the table these last four because they're all toss-up games. They should beat BC. BC's not good. They should probably beat Pitt. The other three are toss-up games. I mean, what the line? I think Pitt's favored. Pitt's Florida a, State. Pitt's three. a three-point favorite. They're toss-up games. The the other three. You know, Wake is probably more than a three-point favorite. I'd say you have to beat either Pitt or Florida State. And and if you want to say if you want to say Florida State because it's home, I'll, I will allow it and get to eight. You have a yeah. good chance at eight wins. And that's what, you know, that's what we discussed on the post game show on Saturday that two and two feels you know, like a strong possibility right now. Florida State but it's not a gimme because they have athletes still. Florida State is is better than we thought they were gonna be. They're going to become Florida State again eventually. Florida State is is playing pretty good football this year. I mean, they've got three losses. Those three losses were essentially by a, a possession. Um which and again, one of those games was against Clemson. So, Florida State is 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 a stronger team than I think we expected coming into the year. And to your point, you said sooner sooner or later they're going to turn back into Florida State. Um, so they lost by they lost by ten to Wake. The game got away from them at the end. Lost by two to NC State. Lost by six to Clemson. Um. So you know, a player two, and 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 they're right there in those games as well. And they've you know. They beat LSU at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, they just blew out Georgia Tech. They've got Miami, who's struck. I mean, I would assume they're going to beat Miami uh, this coming week. You're talking about a six and three Florida State team who's coming to town, thinking you know they they could have a you know take a step up this year in, t- in terms of the type of season they could have. So Florida State does worry me. I think you know if we had to if we had to rank the games the rest of the way in terms of you know most difficult to least difficult. I would I would certainly put BC as the least difficult. I I think I would put Pittsburgh next. I agree. And then Wake and then uh, Florida State rather, and then Wake Forest being the toughest. Let me throw one more hypothetical at you, Steve. November has not been kind to Syracuse football, 
and and I laughed at you at the beginning of the season because you said I don't I don't feel comfortable picking them to win games in November because of their past Novembers. Well, what if November goes the way the yeah. other Novembers have gone? Yeah, that's not great, Paulie. I don't think it will, but if it does, that is not a good thing. It's not because if you're talking about the way past November's have gone, you're talking. Are you talking zero? Yeah, wins well, that's in November? how that they've yeah, been. Yeah, no, I know. That's so how past. So you're saying November- they don't even beat BC? Yeah, I hate putting this out in the universe, but yeah, I, I, I don't think that's not great. B- they cannot. BC just lost to UConn. Yeah, and scored you're, three you're, points against. Your them. number threes should be able to go out and beat you. Scored three points yeah. against UConn. Okay, I mean it was in stores, but come on, <laughs> or Hartford, wherever the hell they play. You don't just go. Uh, yeah, you don't go into Rentler Field <laughs> right. and walk out with a double. <laughs> right. BC learned the hard way. Yeah. Um, Syracuse isn't losing to BC. Okay. Is that okay? Seven and five. Again, I, as I say to you, what's my answer all the time? I want to see it. I want to see it. Well, you already know what it's going to be. Where we're, our depth isn't good enough is going to be the answer, right? right? But your depth at this point should be able to compete with Pittsburgh, Florida State. You have to. You, I, I get Notre Dame and Clemson, but you have to be able to compete with other ACC schools. Oh, I think they'll be able to compete. I mean, they competed against Notre Dame. I know, but I'm you talking, know, I'm talking I, about just, the, de- it, the, the depth excuse. is It, it can't be against Pittsburgh. I'll, I'll, I'll even throw Florida State out. It can't be against Wake, and it can't BC. be BC. BC and Pitt in particular. Yeah, yeah. You got to be able to beat those teams. Yeah. This is an important game. You know, we again we we dis, we've discussed it now for the last forty eight hours. This game against Pitt is really important. Um, yeah, for a lot of things, even just for the the confidence within that SU locker room. That all right, you've lost two in a row. They were difficult losses for for different reasons. And now it feels like this, what what could have been a special season, there's still a lot on the table. And Dino talked about it today, right? Is that they, they still control their own destiny in terms of finishing second in the Atlantic. Like, let's yeah. let's yeah. throw that out there. Yeah. Okay, that, that is true. But it feels like things are starting to slip in the other yeah. direction, you know, as with a, all these as injuries. As a head coach, he has to feel that way. I, I'm as a realist, you got to get two wins in November. But I'm saying this this next one though is so yeah, very yeah. important because if you win it, it still keeps all that that big picture stuff yeah. on the table. You lose it, and now you know you run the risk of guys hanging their heads and 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 things going and south. As Adam Perry would say, you get two more wins, it you get a better climate. Like yeah. right now, you're going to Fenway or or to Yankee Stadium, which isn't bad, but come on. You want to be? Somewhere. You want to go Florida, Florida, California? Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. But uh, take our first time out. Let's do that. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Let's let's hear from the people. Let's hear from the listeners. Uh, give us a call if you'd like to check in. We uh, we've yet to hear from uh, Dino Babers on this uh, show today. Uh, we'll do so. We've got some post game sound from him following Saturday's loss. We also have some sound from uh, today's press conference that he wrapped up uh, about an hour ago. Now uh, we'll get to that as the show moves along. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. Coming out hot today. I had it open to Thriller, and Jordan went in and opened up all the Babers cuts. So it wasn't there and ready for me like I was. 
Coming out hot, though, with this one. I thought this Thriller. might be the last one. No, no, no. How are you feeling about Thriller? Love the Thriller. I wasn't allowed to watch the Thriller video as a kid. It was a... It was too scary for me, apparently. The thriller video? Yeah. Really? Yeah, my mom was like, not, not, you're not allowed to watch that video yet. When did that come Give out? Me nightmares. I don't remember. 82? I was like 10? 80? Somewhere 83. Okay. 80, All right. 11? I don't remember being told I couldn't watch that video. And I'm younger than you, as we know. Yeah. No, Several I'm, years. I'm yeah. so much younger than you. You were more mature than me, apparently. You would not have nightmares after that video. Um. So we're doing all Halloween songs. Did you, did you mention? Oh yeah, they, yeah the artists of the day all Halloween songs. Yeah, right. So it's not just one artist, multiple artists. Yes, Michael Jackson's on two of the songs. So. All right, let's uh, let's go to the phone lines at three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Stephen North Syracuse kicking us off on the show today. Hey, Steve. Uh, firstly, have you guys seen the meme of the uh, meeting of the two icons where the Goodyear blimp tries to get under the Onondaga Lake Parkway Bridge? I, I did yes, see that. Great. I did see that. <laughs> that, was, that was wonderful. Well done. Now, uh, as far as the game goes, I certainly haven't given up on the season at all. Uh, when we were 6-0, and I figured, hey, if we could just split the rest of them, we'd have the same regular season record as we did in 2018. So we're in, we're in pretty good shape. I think uh, a weakness in the team was revealed these last two games. Before the season, there was concern that uh, our biggest offensive line, uh, defensive lineman was Terry Lockett, who was uh, 270 pounds, and that's 50 pounds less than the average offensive lineman, and I thought we might be vulnerable to a power running in. Of course, Lockett isn't even in there anymore. Uh, And uh, I don't think our first six opponents were geared to mount a power running game, and Clemson and Notre Dame were. Uh, The question is, who on the rest of the schedule is going to be able to do that? I understand Pittsburgh is trying to shift back to the power running game they used to have, so it would be interesting to see what happens there. But this is all on film now, so so the other teams are obviously going to be looking at that. Uh, I, I heard Schrader was wearing a boot last week, and I don't think he was 100% going into the game. He was not able to run the ball the way he usually does, and it might have affected his passing motion as well. You can overcome a power running game if you've got an efficient passing attack, but we had the opposite of that. And we just fell too far behind. I was really excited to see Carlos Del Rio Wilson uh, because uh, he looked like he was on a talent level we haven't seen maybe since McNabb. But, of course, he's a young quarterback, so he's got to fully learn the offense, getting us into the right formation and plays and coordinating with his receivers. And they've got to coordinate with him and get ready for these uh, rocket passes that he's thrown. But it looks like the future with him could be uh, very exciting. The other subject that everybody's talking about, maybe not everybody, a lot of people are, we keep having knee injuries. This turf was installed, as I understand it, when they put on the new roof, and I wonder if this particular type of turf uh, may in some way be contributing to all of the injuries we're coming up with. It is a good question, um, and appreciate you checking in, Steve, and, and it's something that you know, we we are going to raise in the next segment. We can't get too specific with injuries and whatnot, but I, I am curious about 
turf and the and you know artificial turf and and the role it plays, Paulie, in ACL injuries, and not just with Syracuse, but I, I, it it feels like they've had a lot of obviously serious, significant injuries this year. Um, and I I don't know what the is it just, is it bad luck is it, it you know I, I I don't know. Have you seen the video yet? Like I need to Zapruder the film. Did he get hit in the knee? I believe he was engaged again. It was on the it was on the return. And then someone rolled over it, his leg. I I I think his knee it just kind of buckled. I don't I don't know that he was necessarily hit. Um, and and maybe Jordan can pull it up during the break. That again, I was on the field, so you know as as he's running back. I mean, I saw Williams go down. I I couldn't see what happened though because there was a lot of players in my way. Um, obviously the aftermath, I mean, I, I, as I said, it was pretty evident right away as he got up that it was not good. And, you know, when he went off in crutches, I think we all assumed he was done for the year. Um, it, it's, it, it's unfortunate. And I, I don't know if there's a, a reasonable explanation for it, but you know, we, we've now seen, uh, you know, several of these, uh, significant injuries this year. Yeah. I'm not ready to blame it on the turf. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's but not, I, I don't believe. I don't believe he was hit on the play. I think it was. I think he was engaged trying to make a block, and a, his knee buckled on it. It's yeah. not like they're playing on you know Veterans Field in Philadelphia anymore. You know, right? Where it's on con- or even the old dome where it was on yeah. like concrete no, I underneath, know. and it's all. I know. I'm not. I'm not suggesting any sport, any sort of conspiracy theory. I'm just. I'm curious. What the professionals think, the med- the medical field thinks about artificial turf and knee injuries. All right, um, can't wait to hear it. In regards, the turf is scary on Halloween. In regards to Carlos Del Rio Wilson, um, he does have an intriguing skill set. I will say that, and I, my understanding of Schrader was banged up coming into this game. He, he, he looked it right. They were clearly not running him either at the beginning of the game. Right. They were, they were protecting him. Yeah. And I think now we you know now that, we know now we know how much they were protecting yeah. him. And it it kind of it kind of irked me at the beginning of the game because he wasn't running and I didn't know he was hurt. And I was like, did they allow the buzz to get in their head and decide well, Tucker how they're didn't going touch to, it enough? Yeah, and, yeah. T- and decide Tucker needed to run the ball more. And I was like, come on. But they were not even running right. the RPOs. So, and now, and now we know why. Now, yes, you I'm know, glad he, it was he, not the buzz that right. caused the play calling to change. Now, maybe he took another shot on it, or you know, as as the game progressed and it got worse, and that's why they took him out at halftime. But he clearly was not himself, and um, I I think they I think they made the right move. Like right. What, once Carlos Del Rio Wilson kind of shook off the rust, I think he did give them the best chance to win in that circumstance against that opponent. And again, the the tip pass was a shame because. You know, they had the ball back early fourth quarter with a chance to tie the game if they go the, down and score. The, it's funny that the play that stuck out most to me was an incompletion. He threw a deep ball that was just beautiful. Landed right in the kid's hands, and he dropped it down the sideline. So like, I, uh, when uh, when Drew Pine got sacked and, got, and landed on his shoulder, I started to walk over. That was on third down, and they punted right after that. I walked over to the Notre Dame sideline to see if there was any sort of injury update on him or to see if there, anybody was warming up. As I was walking back is when Carlos Del Rio Wilson threw the ball over the middle to Demarcus Adams, that 30-yard. So it was literally coming like right at me. I, I was in the back of the end zone, obviously. But, I mean, Paulie, it was picture perfect. 
Like it, the spiral, the zip on it. Obviously, it was right on the money. Uh, Adams made the catch. Um, he throws a really, really nice ball. Um, it's different, though. I mean, again, there is going to be some adjustment with these receivers in terms of catching a, you know, a hundred and five mile an hour yeah. fastball opposed to a ninety two mile an hour fastball. Uh, that's going to take some getting used to, but yeah, the, the kid's got some talent. Yeah, and they all can't be 105. That's uh, something he's got to work. Like, everybody's blaming the receivers, but they all can't be the same speed. Right. There's points where you need sure. to. You're, you're, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And I think the back shoulder one to Gadsden was a good example. Yeah. Like, we know he catches everything. You know, it was behind him a little bit, and, and he was unable to make the catch. So, um, in any event, we'll, we'll certainly talk more Q's football as things move along. When we return, Dr. Brad Raphael will uh, join us. Our SOS house call, we'll, we'll talk about some of these injury-related topics coming up next on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Orange Nation. This isn't Channel 9, but this guy used to work there, He did, yeah. Yep. Baron Damone with the Transylvania Twist. Mike Price is a legend. He is. Thank you for including this one. No, I, I couldn't do it. It's got local ties. It does. The Transylvania Twist. It's amazing how much audio has changed since uh, since since uh, Mike Price was dropping the twist, just that yeah. sounded like it was recorded off of a phonograph. <laughs> it may have been. <laughs> uh, Jordan's in here. Jordan, what do you got for Great. us? Great. We played Who Are You last week. Uh, we let's, did. Let's bring it back to a classic. Let's play the game that started it all. She's saying something like French, by the way. It's not a dirty word. No, Le she. It's like that, the name the of the chic. group. That's the name of the band. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I had to listen to it twice. The freak. <laughs> it, it sounded Le like she. another word. All right. All righty. Let's uh, let's start with a couple obvious ones. Is it time to freak out with Garrett Schrader nursing some sort of injury? Carlos Del Rio Wilson getting a C grade. No, it's not time to freak out. You freak out in a couple of weeks. They've lost to Clemson and Notre Dame, people. No freaking out yet. But Notre Dame lost to Stanford. That yeah. means we have to beat them, Paul. So are you are you talking freak out about this particular topic or freak out about the rest of the season as a whole? Like you're saying, is are you freak? Are people freak? Yeah. Is it time uh, no, to freak out? No. With Syracuse's quarterback. No, it's not. Um, if Schrader's not able to go, you feel like you have a capable backup. And and Polly brought up this point. It was a good one at the top of the Pauly, show. Thank you, Steve. It, it was a good point that in the past, you know, you look back in the last 10 years or so, and if the starting quarterback goes out, and, and Dungy and DeVito were there. I mean, DeVito had the ability to come in and, and be a you know, bona fide backup. And but he wasn't he could play. ever coming back in. <laughs> Prior to 2018, let's, let's say. talking about DeVito before we get the Illinois ranked higher than Syracuse call. Prior to 2018, <laughs> they went through a stretch where if the starter was out, the backup really had no business Sometimes being in the game. Sometimes when the starter was, a, was in. <laughs> it was a big drop-off, right? So that, that's not the case right now. I mean, obviously, Schrader's your starter. We talked about that. If Schrader's healthy, he's going to play. But you've got a, a backup in Carlos Del Rio Wilson who could come in and do some things, and you don't feel like there's a huge drop-off. So, no, I don't. you don't freak out about the quarterback position right now. Okay. Oh, I freak out. You freak out. You freak out. You 
I think the way this is supposed to work is he's supposed to ask the question and then you're supposed to play the, no, the music. No, you're going no. into the next question. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Right. Yeah, yeah, that segs us into the next okay. question. Okay, all right. Dino Babers said on this morning's press conference, Garrett Williams is out for the season with a torn ACL with Caden Slovis, Jordan Travis, Phil Jerkovic, all on the schedule, and Sam Hartman, of course, coming up. Is it time to freak out about the Syracuse second? Yeah, see, there you go. There you go. Um, I forgot Sam Hartman's name. That's again, freak out isn't generally a phrase that I would use. I, But I, to, for the purposes of this segment in this game. He's a for, professional reporter. Um, he doesn't use the term freak out. But, I'm just surprised you didn't say exercise. For this exercise, mm-hmm. I will freak out for a the, little. For this exercise, yes. I, I think that this this is very concerning. Um, the fact that he's out. And, and again, we we talked about this earlier. Syracuse doesn't have another Garrett Williams. Like they've got guys who can play that position, but you know he's your best defensive back, and they are very much going to miss him the rest of the season. So yes, major concern. You should be able to play without him against the remainder of the schedule. Not freaking out. Should you? Yes. I just named the four quarterbacks. That's right. You should be able to do it. It's Wake Forest, Pittsburgh, FSU. There's one. Ranked team, you should be able to compete. Thank you. He's, those, those are four quarterbacks. You're, 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 you you're can talking, compete. Thank on, you. Hang on, but it's it's different than competing, though. Yes, you theoretically you're should be able to compete. Out. You're, you're going to miss him a lot. Is my point? Is that what is he third on the team in tackles yeah. right now? He's your best lockdown corner. You're whether you. This isn't about whether or not they can compete. Like they could compete without him, but they are very much going to miss him. But the name of the game is freak out. And I'm not, you shouldn't be freaking out. Okay. It's not missing you. That's not, we're not doing John Waite. I'm not missing <laughs> you at all. And that's, that's Maybe that's not next it. week. Yeah. <laughs> that's next no, week. No, we're doing freak out. No, they shouldn't be freaked out by this. They can survive. They can compete. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, we saw. I don't know how this works. By I don't really know how it works yet either. I think Paul is figuring it out we as we go. we go to the next question. Okay. <laughs> All right, Syracuse special teams, of course, led by Bob Ligashevsky this season. Looked pretty pretty good throughout the year, I would say. However, our guy Maximilian von Mabeg shanked a punt, then James Williams came in, and his punt was blocked. Is it time to freak out a little bit over the Syracuse punting situation? No, it happened in one game. Yeah, I'll chalk it up to a bad day. Chalk it up to a bad day. You bring the backup in, and then he gets it blocked. And let's let's not forget. Nobody, and you could blame it on the backup guy. Nobody blocked the guy who is right. And let's let's not forget Notre Dame coming in had already blocked four kicks this year, including two ready. the week before. Syracuse should have been ready. Um, and, Correct. And as James so Williams went back to there to take the guy. punt, Matt Park actually said on the radio broadcast before it even happened that he he takes longer to to get the punts away, and then sure enough, uh, it it was uh, it was blocked. So. Um, I, I, I think just don't get how you can be like cycling through punters in your eighth game of the season. This is, like this, even if he shanks one, that's your guy. This game isn't called "Should Have Known Better." It's called "Freak Out," and this is not a, a freak out moment. Apparently, Paulie's not going to freak out about anything. I was no, I was trying to help. That I, I was trying to help up. you out here, Jordan. And fr- I was uh, that's why I, I leaned toward the freak out for Garrett it. Williams. You're freaking pretending out. there's a dollop of mayo behind you. You're freaking, <laughs> out. freaking out is aggressive. It is aggressive. That's <laughs> why I said I would never use that phrase. But for the purposes of this game, uh, anyway, is you there got something one, you, got you would freak out over right now, Paul? If they had needed a timeout and not called it for twenty seconds <laughs> again, yeah, I would have freaked out. 
But no, not yet. It, it was I don't 20, know. What's 25 our, seconds. What's our, what's our, uh, what's our final? Uh... We discussed the fact that Garrett Williams is out for the season, but we've got to take this in total. Coach Babers in the entire postgame press conference, he stayed set on the point. Clemson has depth. Notre Dame has depth. Syracuse does not. We're seeing Terry Lockett, Stephon Thompson, Garrett Williams, and others out for the entire year. Is it time to just freak out over the general Syracuse football depth? No. No. And let me explain this to you. I said it, you can freak out if it's not there, but eight years, is that where we are in this? Eight years in? Your depth has to be able this to is compete. This seventh year as the head coach. Seventh, yeah, right. seventh year, you need to be able to compete with Pittsburgh, Wake, FSU, and BC in depth. Your number twos need to be as good as... Good enough to play against those teams. Am I worried that the depth lost to Notre Dame and Clemson? No. I am not freaked out yet. Get back to me next week. Yeah, I, I'm not freaked out either, uh, Jordan. And, and you know, Paulie, I, I agree with what he's saying there. As I said at the top of the show, I feel like this season can go one of two ways right now. This pit game is really important for a lot of reasons. For the fan base, for the players, for the coaches, for the future of this program. There, there's, a, there's a lot that hinges on this game um, you lose it, and I think you know. Then you could start talking about, you know, a nosedive. You win it, and you're you're you know your only losses are, are to Clemson and Notre Dame, and you're seven and two, and eight wins is very much on the table because of the BC game, and it, it, this this Pitt game is pivotal. Well, I've got some bad news for you. Pitt is a three and a half point favorite yeah. at home. The strong hook. You know what that means. All right, but it's uh, basketball season. Apparently, we're going to take a break, and and with that in mind, we're going to talk some basketball on the other side. Jack Perry, head coach of Southern New Hampshire, joins us next on ESPN Radio. Uh-huh.